0: And the numbers, your statistics and sports podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Joshua Tracy.
1: And I am still Corwin
0: Heller. Yep, he's got yeah. a new job and a new sweater, but he's still Corwin Heller. Uh, it's
1: actually an
0: old sweater. Yeah, well, I'm not sure it's meant I've to be. I've on but. here
1: before. Ah, I've damn worn it. it on here before. That's the only yeah. defense I had
0: for my behavior. <laughs> Uh, anyway, welcome to the show. It is uh, Thursday, Wednesday, shit, uh, uh, November 17th. It'll be Thursday, November 18th as you're listening to this, which means today, as you're hearing this, will be the day that they announce uh, tomorrow. Did you hear this? I forget if it's Thursday or Friday. MVP for the um, this last MLB season for the American League and National League will be announced after the, the release last of the podcast. season? I gave There's you no my heart. And every next day, you gave it away. Yep. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yep. Surprise, George Michael. Um, so we will not be talking about any of the awards. I know they announced uh, Rookie of the Year. That's right. Everyone a picture the rest of in George Michael. Yeah, is the, the other George Michael from Wham! Um, which you have to include the exclamation mark when you say it. Anyway, so other awards have been given out. We're not going to talk about any of them until we can talk about all of them, because honestly, like, what's the fucking point? So we're going to hold off on all of the other awards until we can get to the uh, until we can get to Sunday's episode. where We can, you know, again, talk about all of them and go through our MLB Bowl predictions. Today, we'll also be going over yeah. our mid-season NFL Bowl predictions. Since Corn and I kind of forgot when the middle of the season was because this NFL season has gone by very fucking fast. So we'll yeah. have that for you in a minute. Uh, but before we get there, uh, a few spare – I guess we'll start with the MLB topics to more seamlessly transition into the NFL. So let's start with, uh, I guess, relatively chronologically, uh, Eduardo Rodriguez has signed a five-year deal uh, – wait for it, wait for it – with the Detroit Tigers. Five years, $77 million, and that is an average annual salary of $15.4 million for um, – A guy who's been a consistent member of the Red Sox rotation. I think that's the best way to put Eduardo Rodriguez. Not like an ace. You know, his uh, ERA for his career, which all of which was in Boston, was 4.16. So not an ace. Uh, Tough to call him a workhorse. He has one year, two years over 150 innings, but uh, definitely a mainstay of that rotation. So, Corwin, what do you what do you think about this move for Erod for the Tigers and for the money?
1: Um, I have to say I like it for the Tigers. I like it for Erod too, I guess. I mean, he gets his money. Yes, he's not going to be on anywhere close to the same level of competitive team. Um, I mean, I guess the tigers are technically on the way up um it he is a level of pitcher and that is a level of team where both of them equal just i don't give a shit i could easily see him having a pretty good season for the tigers which doesn't really amount to anything monumental because the tigers suck i could also see him absolutely imploding because it's the Tigers, and we don't really think much of Eduardo Rodriguez over the next season. Neither would surprise me. I don't think I don't really care about either outcome.
0: Um, I, I'm a big fan, I think, of, of this signing. I like this signing a lot. I like what it signals for the Tigers because um, it, clearly shows that they're trying to build some momentum on what they did last season. And last season they had a good year, all things considered um, for a, a team that is, is trying to, to bolster their lineup, their rotation and and their win column. They finished eight games under 500, the Tigers. That's it. Eight games. That's actually fucking incredible. Considering they had back-to-back yeah. hundred lost seasons within the last what? Th- four years. Um, like they finished closer to 500 than the Cubs, uh, than the Marlins. They had the same record as the Mets. Um, granted, they didn't have the Mets' early first half success where they were leading their division. But still, I mean, when you think about where the Mets are on a talent level scale and where the you might picture the Tigers at, it really is a really solid amount of success for how they've built that team, and they've done a lot of it through. Good drafting and some Rule 5 picks, especially with Akil Badu. And so if you look at the season, or the, the rotation that they'll have next year, you'd have to imagine that they're still building up Casey Mize since he just had his age 24 season. So he'll only be 25 next year um, as your number one guy. And then Tariq Skubal will also be entering his age 25 season He just threw 150 innings for you. He could probably slot in there at number two, which means you wouldn't really have to throw um, Eduardo Rodriguez in any higher than your third spot, and that's probably perfect. And to have some veteran presence there, and and definitely a guy that would be an upgrade over the their third largest innings getter from last season, who was Jose Urania with a 5.81 ERA, which would be uh, the worst ERA of Eduardo Rodriguez's entire career by an entire run. That's that's pretty fucking good. Um, Yeah, Matt Manning will probably take another step forward. I think Matthew Boyd's a free agent now. I have to double check him. But they're they're clearly positioning themselves pretty well. And there's been conversation about what else they might end up doing on the free agent market, including some possible rumblings of some um, returns to the organization from the likes of a Justin Verlander, which would honestly be kind of amazing not gonna lie but what else they'll end if, up doing
1: what if scherzer verlander price Chris david price rick porcello all go back
0: would anyone oh, be no. mad if i was a tigers fan no. i'd be
1: thrilled those are those guys are still I would not even, mildly relevant i would not be upset at all
0: fuck no i think you would be thrilled if you were a tigers fan um yeah, they, they also, you know, they made a small splash uh earlier in the offseason in this young offseason by also uh acquiring what's his fucking name? Um fucking god damn it. I what's his what's his name, Corbin? The guy. Who's that who's that guy? Tucker Barnhart. Jesus Christ. Um Sure. Uh, yeah, they they acquired Tucker Barnhart, which um might sound like, oh, that's not even uh, a drip, let alone a splash. Well, he had, uh, I think, like the second most free agent war uh, for catchers heading into the offseason. So is it a splash? Uh, not, 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 maybe not, but he was one of the better guys available. So maybe it's something. I don't know. It seems like they're going to be making some, some smallish moves to try to feel out the water. And with how young their team still is, barring some guys like, you know, uh, Miggy, who is as far as I know, 60 old, uh, yeah, yeah, old as fuck. Uh, outside of Miguel Cabrera, who is literally the oldest guy on the team by seven fucking years. Oh my god, oldest guy on in the lineup by seven years. Fuck, there's only one other guy over 30 who batted a significant amount of plate appearances for them last season that was Robbie Grossman at 31. Jesus, uh- anyway. Outside of him, that team is super young. So if they want to take another year with the slower part of their uh, that their rebuild, going with a five-year deal for Eduardo Rodriguez, maybe a couple other small AAV but long-term signings, that could totally work out for them because their division blows hot ass. And it really, we talk about every year, it does not take much to win the AL Central. So it's a pretty cool move. For the Red Sox, I would assume they don't care that much. Tanner Houck, I'm guessing, is going to be sliding into that rotation in somewhere. Garrett Whitlock also potentially could. I know he kind of sucked in the as a rotation member early in the season and then found success in the bullpen. But, I, I mean, Eduardo Rodriguez had been there for a long time, but he was not overly great there. And I'd imagine you have viable replacements for him. So... I'm sure it sucks emotionally, but I don't think it's overly devastating
1: personnel-wise. No, I don't think it would be.
0: Uh, Keeping in mind, 15.4 for a pitcher, AAV, just something to to think about as we talk about other pitcher signings as they come up. Um, So, actually, we might as well talk about, to a certain extent, Noah Syndergaard heading over to the Angels. And a shocker, he got extended the qualifying offer, which was $18.4 million. Corn and I chit-chatted about it a little bit when we briefly went through the qualifying offers a few weeks ago. And I thought he would have taken it in a heartbeat because the man hasn't hasn't played. Uh, He pitched two innings of Major League Ball this year. And then he didn't pitch in 2020. So he really hasn't thrown at all since 2019 when he granted, he threw nearly 200 innings. Uh, But really the last time he threw was that 2019 campaign in which he had a 4.28 ERA, the highest of his career. And I had figured that the Mets were probably doing the prudent thing by giving him the qualifying offer and, um, Noah Syndergaard would be doing the prudent thing by taking it as a kind of prove it deal and the Angels are taking risks.
1: Yeah, which in all honesty, I fucking love because my goodness uh, I was going to say they never do, but they kind of did recently. Like they took on Dylan Bundy and it worked out for a little bit. I mean, Shohei Otani, I guess you could say was a pretty big risk at the time. I don't know, but I'm very excited to see them potentially have some pitching that they can work with um, going into the future.
0: And honestly, this might be a really great signing for them uh, because this year's pitching market is, is building up to be pretty wild. And by giving Syndergaard a prove it deal, if even if he kills it and goes into next season as a free agent, uh, the market, I mean, granted it might be worse too, it might absolutely be worse. It might be better, and they might know more about him and haven't had been in the organization for a season, and you know, keep him. Because you know what's wild? Noah Syndergaard is heading into his age twenty nine season. That feels way younger than I would have guessed.
1: Feels <laughs> so older than I would have guessed. I don't know. It's so hard to predict because he's been around forever.
0: Twenty fifteen was his been rookie year. So
1: hurt. And at the same time, like he was so young when I feel like he did come out, which 22, 23, 22. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, it's just fucking wild. he fucking shoved 150 innings. 22 years is 22 age, 22 season. Fourth place in rookie of the year, 2015. Who beat him? Oh, yeah. That was a big year. Okay.
1: Yeah. Okay. I guess 2014. I bet Mookie Betts.
0: Uh, not here in the top 20, anyway. Oh, well, hold on. That's I'm in the national, League. But you got to keep that in mind.
1: Oh, well, I don't know then.
0: Yeah, rookie of the year was uh also MVP winner. Does that help?
1: As a rookie, <laughs> oh, sorry, MVP? he was oh,
0: sorry, he wasn't MVP winner, he got MVP votes. My mistake.
1: Oh, um, I don't know, Mike Trout.
0: Oh no, I'm a fucking idiot. I'm looking at MVP voting. That's why this looks so stacked. I clicked on the link and it didn't bring me to the right spot. Okay, and now rookie of the year.
1: Ah. Uh, he was uh, rookie of the year or someone else was.
0: No, he finished second in rookie of the year voting, behind a guy who would win who would win MVP next season, the following season.
1: Played for the in Cubs 2015? Yes. Oh, Chris Bryant.
0: Chris Bryant. And then Matt Duffy finished second. And um, boy, I don't remember who Matt Duffy is.
1: I remember nope, I'm looking who
0: Matt at Duffy picture. is. He played for the Rays for like two is seasons. The,
1: is he the dude that uh, had the goatee?
0: Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so.
1: Um, Dylan Duffy and Matt Duffy. I feel like Matt Duffy was the batter. Or, is it Dylan Duffy?
0: It's kind of a funny There's, top there seven was two for nationally rookie of the year. It was Chris Bryant winning it. Then Matt Duffy of the Giants. Then Jung Ho Kang of the Pirates, which feels oh like an eternity God. ago. Right.
1: That's a name. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, then he's enjoying prison.
0: I'm sure. Well, uh, then Noah Syndergaard of the Mets. Then Justin Bour of the Marlins who Holy I also shit. don't think is playing baseball anymore.
1: He was a rookie. I thought he was like
0: 50. I know. I would have his rookie year 2015. I would never have guessed that. That man looks ancient. Um and then it was Jock Peterson of the Dodgers tied with Stephen Piscotty of the Cardinals. Back when he was a Cardinal. How old was he as a rookie? Piscotty 24. Wow. Okay. Right. Man, time capsule. And then the AL side was Carlos Correa won with Houston. Then it was Francisco Lindor finished second with, with, uh, with Cleveland. Miguel Sano finished third with uh, Minnesota. Roberto Osuna finished fourth with uh, the Blue Jays. Billy Burns finished fifth with Oakland. I don't even know who that (laughs) is. Eddie Rosario finished sixth with Minnesota. And Delano DeShields finished 7th with Texas.
1: Okay. Sure. All
0: right. I need answers on Billy Burns because his baseball reference profile picture is him in a Yankees hat, but he doesn't have a Yankees uniform number on his page, and he never played for the New York Yankees at the
1: Major League level. Uh, he played for them for their Little League team
0: most recently he pl- in 2019 he played for their A team. That's what I got.
1: Wow where'd to go? He
0: had an OPS of
1: 69. Nice.
0: Yeah uh, and then Delano De Shields are you still playing baseball? Yes you are. you were in Cincinnati last year Sure you go Delano. Good for you. Oh we're off topic as hell. So this is, this is a, uh, an interesting signing. I, I feel good about it for the Angels. The rumors circulating uh, is that the Syndergaard's camp did not give the Mets a chance to counter back, which has been the major talking point over here because uh, when I drive home from work, I listen to New York sports talk radio. So obviously that's been a major conversation point since you played for the New York Mets. Um, really? Yes, yes, he did. And uh, people are saying it was insulting that he did not let the Mets respond to that contract. Fuck the Mets. Look, fuck the Mets. And I don't even say this as a hater necessarily. But if the dude didn't give the Mets a chance to respond, it's not that he wasn't loyal to the organization or he didn't you know, do something that was undue towards the organization. Chances are he fucking didn't like it there. Chances are the organization dicked him over.
1: And being that it's the fucking Mets, who can blame him?
0: And also, might I add, they still don't have a GM. Who was he supposed to call?
1: Ghostbusters.
0: So, like, man, I get it. And you know what? Fucking even if he didn't hate it in New York, even if he didn't have a problem with the Mets organization, even if everybody, even if he liked being around there, there's nothing wrong with getting a change of scenery for him, too. 2019, we pushed a bunch of innings, but didn't have a great season. He couldn't play in 2020. He barely played in 2021. Two innings is nothing. I, I mean, like, he's allowed to want to take a chance somewhere else. It's totally fine.
1: Is it, though? Are you allowed to have differences, in your opinion, based off different points in your life? No. You have to stick with them.
0: Truly.
1: He chose to get drafted by the Mets. He has to stay there for life. Those are the rules. Yeah, you we're know, living asylum. in the,
0: the pre-Kurt Flood days. Get Ugh. back to it. It was better, better in the olden times. Back when baseball you, was 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 bet better.
1: Do you even? Can you even say that with a straight face?
0: The, like literally, no, <laughs> uh, yeah. not at all. Uh, there's also been rumors. We'll, we'll save it for next Sunday, probably, uh, or this upcoming Monday's episode. But Billy Epler is likely to sign as the Mets GM. Um, I, we, we know that right now as a likely fact. Um, but with what else we got going on, that'll be safe for Monday. But, yes, it is, I'm acknowledging it now. We'll talk about it later. Uh, last baseball contract that got dished out was a mighty one. As the Toronto Blue Jays extended a seven year $131 million contract to Jose Berrios, uh, which averages out to being about $18.7 million per year. Um, and I don't know about you, but this felt like kind of a surprise. Uh, he will be a free agent in 2029 after his age 35 season. I'm sorry, after his age 34 season. No, he'll be a free agent for his age 35 season. Um, he had a, a really incredible year. Not to not to take it uh, anything away from him. Uh, he got traded to Toronto, and then with the organization in the, down the stretch, he pitched the tune of a three fifty eight ERA in seventy innings. That's twelve games pitched, a total of thirty two games on the season with a three five two ERA and uh, almost two hundred innings pitched faced the most batters in the American league and got 204 strikeouts. So a really, I mean, a solid outing for him, a solid year for him, mm-hmm. uh, but definitely not what I was anticipating. Uh, what do you think?
1: I mean, yeah, again, it it's a fine year. I don't, I don't know. I think, Having him on my fantasy team when he kind of broke out makes me think he's a – or always made me think he was a better pitcher or had a higher upside than kind of what we have now or what we've gotten or what he actually is. I mean, a 3.2 war season is great. 3.52 ERA is great. Two, nearly 200 innings pitched with over 200 strikeouts, really great nearly just over one whip really great um i don't know how anyone could be upset with that i don't know necessarily if he was worth the trade that uh toronto you know the trade package they put together to acquire him
0: yeah whole separate issue
1: yeah Yeah, you're right that is a very different issue um but at the same time i think he's a a really good pitcher and if he's going to be their number two, their one B uh, behind Higdonru, that's a great guy to have.
0: Yeah, and you know, again, the years are a uh, many, and the but the money really isn't that bad. Under twenty million dollars a year for a guy who will probably be your number two starter for a significant period of time is fine, especially when. You're not paying a lot for your fucking batting right now. And if you're going to spend somewhere as as the Toronto Blue Jays, you're probably going to be best spending it on your pitching because most of your lineup is in their arbitration years on the rookie contract. And Mm -hmm. again, $18 million for a starting pitcher ain't shit. And considering the way that the market's going and a lot of the uncertainties around the CBA, this might look like a fucking fantastic idea come just a month from now. So Right Uh, because I mean, like, you got to think about it the same way to a certain extent with some players. I don't want to make this sound across the board because there are obvious exceptions, but sometimes it might be best to view certain contracts in the same framework that you'd look at buying like a house. Whereas, yes, I'm spending a lot of my money every given year on this house, but those payments don't usually increase because I've locked in a estimated value of my home. If I buy my home at $300,000 today, It doesn't matter if it gets appraised for $600,000, you know, 10 years from now, I don't have to pay the $600,000 mortgage. I still pay a $300,000 mortgage. If the value of pitchers increases by X percent in the next five years and Jose Barrios is still good, which, Hey, he might be Uh, pitchers. Some pitchers age phenomenally. He's still young. Yeah. Yeah, He's not. Yeah, he's also not old. Um, then look, then this looks like a genius move. Then you got a guy who's repaying nothing to comparative to the market to throw meaningful, good, and many innings for you. that's that's just gonna be worth it 10 times out of 10. That's why these mega deals oftentimes are worth it anyway. Like looking at the Bryce Harper one where it's a bajillion dollars. Yeah, and guess what? 26 AAV is fucking nothing. Nothing. Doesn't matter. Lock it in, baby. Lock in those steady payments. They will decrease over time.
1: Amen.
0: Uh, all right. The uh, Yeah, there's some other minor, other contract stuff going on. We'll save it for later. Real quick, we'll ignore the uh, the Rams got fucked by the Niners, but we were only going to talk about it briefly because we were wondering, hey, uh, will Odell Beckham Jr. be come out and have a great game with LA in his, in his debut and make people say that he wasn't the problem in Cleveland because Cleveland only scored one touchdown and their loss to the Patriots and the Rams only scored one touchdown <laughs> and, their, and their loss of the Niners. Um, and how did, how did our man uh, Odell Beckham Jr. do? Well, yeah. <laughs> not great. He had uh, three targets, two receptions, For 18 yards, the longer of which was 13. So he had a 13-yard reception and a five-yard reception. And that's it. And that's not great.
1: So. It's really, really bad.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So I guess we'll just put a big old TBD on that for a couple more weeks, maybe. Uh, The last thing is Joe Flacco got announced as the starter for the Jets next Sunday, which is interesting. Corbin said, it's sad. Why do you think that? Joe Flacco? Yeah.
1: Because it's Joe fucking Flacco, man.
0: No, I don't disagree. He was like retired. I assumed he was
1: dead. Um, (laughs) The Iron Dick can only live for so long. Uh, It's sad because you're going with... You're going with an old... Bad option instead of a young bad option. So instead of giving it to a younger player who has a chance to learn and develop and grow from it, you're giving it to Joe Flacco so that you can blame it on being old, washed up Joe Flacco and maybe squeezing a win out of it if he can if like best case scenario, you squeeze every last ounce of effort you can out of it and you pull out a win, but your team doesn't really get any better. Whereas I think if you give it to Mike White, yes, he can blow up again, but at the same time, your team can get better and you can learn something from it and a player can develop from it.
0: I, I actually get this. Uh, I know that there was some controversy around it because, because Salah said people shouldn't be Spurs too quick to praise Mike white as the second coming after one good game. And then too quick to shit on him tremendously after one bad game. Uh, and then the day afterwards, he announces Joe Flacco as the, the starter for the next game. I would have to imagine though, that was a, that was a pre-planned deal. I would have to imagine that the reason they traded for Joe Flacco was so that they wouldn't have to start Mike white. Um, and they gave Joe a week on the sideline after the acquisition or two weeks, whatever it's been, so that he could just learn the playbook, which is fair. Uh, that's usually what that's usually what you do. Um, and I also get it from the perspective of if we, as the Jets, are not trying to be good, and we're also not trying to be bad. You know, uh, Robert Sala. This is his first year. This is not the last year of Adam Gase, where maybe you say. They told him, look, just do it, whatever. It doesn't matter. We're going to suck. Let it suck. Mm -hmm. Um, Then having a guy who can, I think, effectively game manage does better for your ability to evaluate the players on your team and to run your offense with one less gigantic question mark. I don't think Joe Flacco is getting brought in to do something dazzling and amazing. I think he's there to make checkdowns. And after watching last Sunday's game, Mike White couldn't make the fucking checkdowns. Mike White was overthrowing his checkdowns, which led to four interceptions. Mm. And the problem is, you can't run an offense if the quarterback can't do the checkdowns. I mean, even just the 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 fucking uh, lateral passes, he he was whiffing on it. was It was horrible. And the and that doesn't just lead to team losses; it leads to individual losses. You know, Michael Carter doesn't doesn't get reps coming out of you know the fucking left side of the backfield off of the slant pass or the, uh, the lateral pass. If he, if he can't even catch the fucking pass. And I would imagine that's the issue. I wouldn't be surprised to see them trading off during the game as needed. Like if the jets need a hail Mary in the fourth or are down by two scores with 10 minutes in the fourth, and then they go to Mike white to try to make something big happen with the arm. Maybe, but I mean, I don't like the fact Joe Flacco's here, but I can understand the basic rationale for why he's here.
1: I get the rationale of, of, you know, it being a benefit to the rest of the team, but I think you need to respect the fact that Mike White has first overall talent. And after two games, you just Fuck need you. to let it play out and he needs some time just to work out those games.
0: Fuck you. <laughs> Oh, God, suck a dick. You're the worst.
1: Oh, no. Mike White is the worst. <laughs>
0: he's uh, he's not good.
1: Would you rather have Mike White or Nathan Peterman? Mike White. I think I'd rather have Nathan Peterman.
0: No, Mike White had one good game. Nathan Peterman had no good
1: quarters. Yeah, <laughs> some good ones. Just no, he no way he after not. that, way after that one game when nobody ever gave him a second thought. I think he was fine.
0: No. Uh, so that'll it, it's drama ridden because it's the Jets. We suck, it's a it's a dumpster fire, it's a new coach, it's a questionable GM. I get it, but I think it's a non-issue. But anyway, speaking more about the NFL, let's get into our mid-season update of our bold predictions um oh
1: before we before we do that what are your thoughts on uh matt stafford's wife having to apologize for throwing a pretzel at a game and a fan during the game doesn't
0: so i saw that doesn't she suck like wasn't this a known thing that she sucked like i thought there would have been stories about how isn't she like an anti-vaxxer and like but like wildly aggressive about it i thought she already sucked
1: Uh, looking through Reddit comments, apparently she compared COVID restrictions in Michigan to a dictatorship. Uh, she would throw shade at Lions fans called Whitmer a dictator. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty
0: sure this, this all sounds like what I recall. I'm pretty sure she's already not a good person. So I, this tracks, I'm not surprised.
1: Um, I don't see anything else coming up, so I guess it was just the COVID stuff. Yeah, I mean, which
0: which <laughs> is enough. Get along
1: great with Pat Mahomes' brother. Okay.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, like Colin, Colin Whitmer, a dictator. Uh, the same year she got attempted to be kidnapped. Is uh, that's enough? That is enough. So yeah, bad bad person. Anywho, bull predictions. Do you want to start with awards, or do you want me to start with
1: awards? I don't give do a
0: shit. You go ahead. All right. I'll start with the awards. So you can start with the bull predictions. Uh, so for my offensive rookie of the year, uh, I have the Homer pick, uh, Zach Wilson. Uh, it's, it's not, it's not looking good. No, no, no it's not. Uh, he's not even playing right now. So it's really not looking good uh, for my actual real pick. I had Trevor Lawrence, which is looking, it's looking better than Zach Wilson. Um, but I'm also not super sure if that'll be his award to win either. I, I don't know. I think it might go to one of the wide receivers. What do you, what do you think? What, or what, who'd you have? I should say.
1: Uh For offensive rookie of the year, I had Mac Jones and ah. I might stick with Mac Jones. <laughs> He's kind of in a pretty great position already Uh to keep pushing with it. I mean, I know Jamar Chase is, being Jamar Chase, but uh, it's a quarterback game, you know. I'll stick with back dudes.
0: I, w- I was I was going to say Jamar Chase. Uh It's funny because a few weeks ago, I, Cor and I agreed on a passing comment, which is the Patriots are not going anywhere this season. And now they're in a playoff spot, uh, which, you know, sh- kudos, you pieces of shit. Go fuck yourselves and leave my team alone. Um But uh, the yeah, large part is so due to the Mac Steelers. Jones.
1: So let's let's be hesitant with what we call the playoff picture in the AFC because yeah, my
0: goodness. life is a lie. Uh, Trevor Lawrence versus Mac Jones. Trevor Lawrence yards 1,991, Mac Jones 2,333. Uh, Trevor Lawrence's completion percent is 58, Mac Jones is 69. Uh, Trevor Lawrence has eight touchdowns on nine interceptions. Mac Jones has thirteen touchdowns on seven, uh, and a quarterback rating this season for Trevor Lawrence is seventy-two point two. Mac Jones is ninety-four point one. So not really close between the two of them.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm about Mac Jones. I think uh, I think Bill Belichick pulls his stupid fucking voodoo magic and closes out the year well. And not anything to do with the fact that I already have him picked. So,
0: yeah, it's a pretty interesting top four for quarterback and how they've been performing. Because you had Trevor Lawrence go first overall, and he's having he's having what I would describe as like a, a normal enough rookie season, ups right. downs. Up down. Yeah. Uh, then number two overall was Zach Wilson, who was having a more of a, a worse rookie season, but still a rookie season, uh, and is hurt, so not actively playing. And then third overall was Trey Lance, who still isn't the starter, which I think both of us predicted he probably would be. And in fact, has only appeared in four games. So, I mean, he's not even, he's barely even playing. And then
1: He's, he's shown flashes when he has played. I think it's the fact that they still are paying Jimmy Garoppolo a lot of money and he's still healthy and playing Fine. I don't think they're really rushed to get him in there versus other situations we usually see as rookies. right.
0: And then uh, Justin Fields, who is uh, having a rookie season and Mac Jones is playing legitimately quite well. So it's been, a, it's an interesting top five for those quarterbacks. Uh, yeah. Defensive rookie of the year. I had taken uh, Micah Parsons out of Dallas and uh, I'm gonna be honest. I haven't really watched much of Dallas's games, but it seems as though he's doing okay.
1: He uh, he is doing exceptional, and I think he is. If it wasn't for the fact that Trayvon Diggs is having a historic pace for a defensive rookie, with not even a defensive rookie, just a defensive player, when it comes to his interceptions, I think it's you know. Micah Parsons with an easy win here for Defensive Rookie of the Year. Um, if Diggs just doesn't put up wild fucking interception numbers over the last half of the season, their last seven games, eight games of the season, whatever it is, I think Parsons can snag that away. Um, but, Yeah. A Cowboys defensive player is going home on the rookie of the year.
0: Right. Did you pick Parsons as well? I did, yeah. Gotcha.
1: i going to pull up some stats for Mike Parsons just so we can see.
0: Yeah, I've got him up. He has very good. Uh, two passes defended, one forced fumble, eight. Sa- sorry, six sacks. Uh, he has 58 combined tackles, 44 solo tackles, 14 assists on tackles, 11 tackles for loss, and 15 quarterback hits to go along with his six sacks. Um, in coverage, he's allowed a 70% completion percent. He's been targeted 27 times and allowed 19 completions uh, for an average distance of 8.2 yards, which accumulates to 155 yards, but no touchdowns. Uh, the quarterback rating to his past defense is
1: 84.6. Um, he, no one is giving a fuck about his past coverage. But, that, yeah,
0: it's about, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> who... I wasn't judging by it because it's like, who gives a fuck? But because the, the tackle numbers are good, he's missed 13.4% of his tackles. But I remember we did an episode on tackles, missed tackles, and it generally is higher than you about think it that, is. Yeah. So that's yeah. totally, seems totally in line. Um, Especially thinking about it, the
1: Pittsburgh Steelers.
0: But anyway, yeah, because you're thinking about 58 combined tackles along with nine missed tackles. I think you take that every fucking day. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, strong, strong season from from the dude. Uh, He's killing Art. it
1: on my fantasy team. He put up like forty points last week. Pretty dope.
0: You have a defense? You have an IDP league?
1: I do. It's pretty great. Highly recommend.
0: Yeah, maybe next year I'll get back into fantasy football. I've been out of it. Anyway, uh, offensive player of the year. I had chosen the. I think we both chose Christian McCaffrey, right?
1: uh double check no i made a worse choice
0: all right well i
1: with. okay go ahead.
0: i picked chris mccaffrey who so far is playing uh well though he missed uh several weeks so it's going to be i don't i don't know it'll depend on how he plays down the stretch he's played in 5 games so far this season uh he's amassed Seven sorry, three hundred forty-eight rushing yards and two hundred eighty-three receiving yards. So his total yards from scrimmage is six hundred thirty-one. Um, he's got no receiving touchdowns, one uh, passing sorry, rushing touchdown, uh, a fumble. Then uh, nothing really wild here. Uh, the rate stuff is all good. He's at um, he's gotten fifteen point eight rushing attempts per game and 32 targets per game receiving. So he's, he's getting a lot of attention. Uh, his average um, scrimmage yards per game... Oh, man, I just fucking lost it. Oh, uh, shoot. Oh, God. His yards per... Scrimmage yards per touch is 5.8, which is totally in line with his career average. It's a little bit on the high end, actually. So uh, by all accounts, he's playing very, very well and just needs to get the reps. But I don't know. it will be... Interesting to see who takes this award home. Who did you have?
1: I had Calvin Ridley.
0: Oh, shit. Hold on. Sorry. Breaking news. As we're recording, Justin Verlander is back to the Astros. One year, $25 million deal with a player option for 2023. So he just beats out. Noah Syndergaard's deal, which was $22.4 million. So he gets an extra two and a half on top of that and a player option, which I don't know how much that's for yet. But that is interesting. Ew. Yeah, I don't like it. Yeah, his brother tweeted about it too. Yeah.
1: Wow, Jeremy Frank was the one who broke that news. That's fucking dope.
0: Oh, he just—he uh, just became an intern for the uh, the Astros. Hope he doesn't get fired already.
1: <laughs> Twenty-five million dollars for thirty-nine-year-old coming off Tommy John surgery is probably more than I'd give. But hey, Houston really needed some starting pitching, courtesy of our buddy Max Greenfield.
0: Way to go! Yeah, uh, it is the least exciting. It it makes total sense for ever, literally everybody involved, but it's the least interesting option he could have. I, guess, had. I would really would have liked to see him in Detroit.
1: Brandon Belt signed as well?
0: Yeah, Brandon Belt took the qualifying offer, which I also figured we might as well save for um, uh, the next episode. But yeah, okay, um, yes, that. he did.
1: Okay, well, there you go. Um all right so yeah that's that.
0: Uh sorry so who did you have for offensive player of the year?
1: Calvin Ridley. Yeah. How's Ridley.
0: that going? I really have not watched any other football besides the Jets so far this season. I feel like I'm 12 again.
1: Um Not well. Uh 31 receptions, 281 yards, two touchdowns in five games
0: oof that is is a mega sized oof there chief
1: yeah missed uh two games so far otherwise has stat lines of five fifty one zero seven sixty three one eight sixty one zero seven eighty zero four twenty six one yeah so you know
0: shit yeah that's not great um, if I had to pick mid season Cooper Cup, I think has to be pretty high on the list here. Uh, the man has 1114 41 receiving yards and 10 touchdowns so far this
1: season. Yeah, that is no, he's fucking
0: disgusting.
1: He's just on a whole nother fucking level. I mean, his receiving totals so far, granted, he has 10 games. Uh, 108, 163, 96, 64, 92, 130, 156, 115, 95, 122. Has one game with five receptions. Nothing else is below seven.
0: But he's averaging negative five yards per rush. And let me tell you, my friend, that just will not stand.
1: No, that's just one of those things where you just can't allow that. How old would you say Cooper Cup is? Uh,
0: 26. 20, 26,
1: 27.
0: He's 28. All right. I could buy it.
1: Yeah. Older than I would have assumed if I didn't already know that he was super old. But, yeah.
0: Uh, also in the running for this, uh, one would say Derrick Henry, who was on an MVP p- MVP pace before he had to miss a couple of games. And he still leads the NFL in a lot of stuff. He leads the NFL in rushing yards with 219. Uh, rushing touches, 219. sorry, 219 rushing attempts, 937 rushing yards. My mistake. Um, 117.1 yards per rushing yards per game, uh, 237 total touches. He leads the NFL in all of those things. Um, and his receiving stats ain't bad too. 154 receiving yards that's uh, not too shabby. 10 rushing touchdowns is pretty sweet. Second on the list behind James Connor who leads the NFL in rushing touchdowns so far this season. How do you feel about that?
1: Uh, fuck you. nah, we've got no, I can't be upset.
0: Yep. We're also getting nice seasons. out of Debo Samuel, uh, Devontae Adams, uh, uh, Jonathan Taylor, surprisingly. Um, I don't say that to be mean. I just wasn't I expecting say it. that surprising. I just wasn't expecting it. It was really all, but like he's top three in rushing yards for this season. That's not a name I would have picked. Yeah. This is really all I mean by it. Um, So, yeah, neither one of our picks, I think, looks exceptionally great. uh, But there's seven games left. We'll see how it shakes out. Uh, All right. Defensive player of the year. I had Miles Garrett.
1: I had TJ Watt.
0: They're the two front
1: runners. (laughs) Yeah. Those are the two guys. They are those Uh, dudes. I don't know if I – I mean – I am incredibly biased, so I personally, of course, think that it would be T.J. Watt. I think on a, a rate basis, T.J. Watt has the edge. Uh, I think Miles Garrett has an extra game. Um, I'll pull T.J. Watt stats if you want. Miles to Garrett
0: leads the NFL in sacks with thirteen and tackles for loss with thirteen. His career high for sacks is thirteen point five. And he already is basically there with seven games to go. So, and my guy's looking good.
1: Okay. Well, in two less games, TJ Watt has 12 and a half sacks and 13 tackles for loss. You fucking piece of shit. So,
0: yeah, but, but that rate shit, that rate shit doesn't matter.
1: Not in the Uh, eyes of our Lord. Well, well, Miles Garrett still has a bye week. So that does matter. You piece of shit. It Um, matters when we talk about there still being games left. That's true. How many many total tackles
0: does he have? Yes, I'm actually doing a hot comparison real quick. So TJ Watt will be first. TJ Watt has 39 combined tackles. Miles Garrett, 34. TJ Watt has 29 solo tackles. Miles Garrett has 21. TJ Watt has 10 assisted tackles. Miles Garrett has 13. TJ Watt has 13 tackles for loss, as does. Miles Garrett, TJ Watt has twenty quarterback hits. To Miles Garrett's twenty-four. Um, neither of them have of generated fumbles. a fumble. Neither of them have generated a fumble. Oh, sorry. Um, TJ Watt has Grips. generated, sorry, three fumbles. He has not fumbled at all. Okay, that's what the difference was there. And he has recovered uh, two of his think fumbles. Fumbles
1: are uh, recovered.
0: No fr is fumbles recovered.
1: Oh. Uh, yeah, I think so fumble is like if T.J. Watt had the ball okay. and then fumbled it, which... Okay, get that get that shit out of here. You
0: must, that's a super specific stat for a defensive player, but whatever. Uh, so, T.J. Watt has forced three fumbles and recovered two of them. Miles Garrett has no fumble statistics. Um, T.J. Watt ah. has no interceptions and four passes deflected. Miles Garrett has no interceptions and two... Count them, two passes deflected. Uh, so... On everything outside of quarterback hits and sacks, T.J. Watt is leading Miles Garrett. But T.J. Watt's a white dude, and there are four points against him. (laughs) Down with Whiting.
1: What isn't isn't it points for him?
0: No, 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 points against. Not my America. I hate
1: you. (laughs)
0: Uh TJ Watt though, I TJ Watt's allowed 15 yards of pass uh passes completed. Miles Garrett's got none. That that right there is a cardinal sin. Hundred percent completion percent against against TJ Watt. It's one pass, but still.
1: Steelers stop making TJ Watt drop back in coverage. Why? Why do you do do that?
0: No. Yeah, so these are two good picks for us. I like these picks.
1: Yeah, we're we're good at this.
0: No, we're not. My Bush next Shumar? pick is so bad. I I oh, remember I made it too, and I already forgot that I made it. um MVP. I had Aaron Rodgers.
1: Oh no! Yeah, I and mean, it was a good pick at the time. It was a good pick at not, the time. No. Nope. Uh.
0: Um he is not having his best season in part because he had a horrible first game. And then in part because he missed a game because he is a horrible guy. Uh, but he also has the lowest quarterback rating he's had since ever. This is the lowest quarterback rating so far of his career. I'm oh, sorry, QBR, I should say quarterback rating. It's his, um, ah, he did worse in 2019, um, but with 2,186 yards, he'll, Probably get past three thousand, but he probably won't get past four unless something wild happens. Um, and he's not in the top ten of passing yards getters, um, or passing. Uh, he's is barely in the top ten for passing touchdown getters. So pretty, pretty unlikely he wins MVP. Even just looking at the quarterbacks, I'm. I'm I wouldn't. I'm not sure he'd get picked in MVP voting over Derek Henry at this point.
1: So. I mean, he has the fifth best MVP odds by odd shark at plus a thousand ahead of guys such as Cooper cup and Mac Jones and Derek County. I don't even think is on this list, which is fucking outrageous, but I don't, I usually like looking at odds just because usually they have it correct close enough. Um, Vegas puts a lot of money to make sure they get the odds correct. I just think it's crazy that they wouldn't have Derrick Henry on there anywhere.
0: Yeah, that is pretty wild.
1: Uh, Vegas insider has a plus 1100, if it matters. So sixth best or seventh best, I should say. No six. I can count. Good job, Corwin. Uh, I had, uh, I was torn between Dak Prescott and Tom Brady Uh, who have the second and third highest odds to win MVP, or lowest odds, highest odds. I don't really know how you consider it. But uh, I went with Dak Prescott, who uh, had one really bad game, but otherwise has been doing pretty, pretty good. Um, I, I see this offense being just as strong as it was. I mean, he's still throwing for a lot of yards, a lot of touchdowns, not throwing many picks.
0: He literally has the best quarterback rating in the NFL right now. 110.8. Like it, it it's a great pick. He also has the fourth most touchdowns passing touchdowns in the NFL right now. Yeah. yeah so this yeah, is, this is a very good. Pick.
1: How the fuck does Josh Allen have the best <laughs> odds on every single website? I do uh, not understand it.
0: Cuz he gets points for being a white boy.
1: Um, him and Tom Brady man god fucking pliability
0: yeah also shout out to sneaky amazing I always say sneaky because neither one of us picked him it's really not sneaky uh, Matthew Stafford having just a phenomenal year um, which can't win games yeah, yeah that's his problem um, as he has a quite comfortable uh, 7-3 record so far this season leaves the NFL in passing yards so far with 3,014 And there's seven games to go, which is just fucking insane. Um, Leads the NFL in QBR with a 67.1. Has a 106.1 quarterback rating, which is the best of his career. 301 yards per game. Uh, He has uh, 24 touchdowns to eight interceptions. He's having himself a tidy-ass season outside of Detroit. And actually getting team success for once, too, which is just phenomenal. So, shout-outs to him. I mean, we have so much more to get through. Let's power through a little bit. Uh, Coach right. of the year, I had Robert Sala. That is not happening.
1: I had Mike Tomlin. That's, that's probably not happening. Uh, comeback player Unless of the year, I had on. Dak Prescott. I also had Dak Prescott.
0: I have you that's down as having good. picked Saquon Barkley for some reason.
1: I think Saquon is like the guy I was toying between.
0: Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is a great pick for both of us. He he should win this. So, he will. yeah. All right. Uh, why don't you give your first? Since I went first with the awards, why don't you go first for the actual predictions? Unless you'd like me to continue going first. Uh,
1: you can go first because I want to look up uh, some stats. while I do?
0: Alrighty then. So my first bull prediction, which <laughs> <laughs> looks like a mistake they oh no! It is oh fuck! <laughs> it, uh, Jameis Winston retains his volume production while cutting his turnovers in half and finishes top five in MVP voting. Jameis Winston has played in seven games so far this season and has barely scraped over eleven hundred yards while doing it. Um, he leads the NFL in touchdown percent. He has fourteen touchdowns in his uh, passing touchdowns in his seven games. Um. And to and to only three interceptions, which I must say, talk about cutting down the interceptions. He is certainly doing it, but the volume production is absolutely not there, and he's not getting consistent playing time. Granted, seven starts, but oh, he's hurt. Missing, uh, oh, that's what I'm uh, actually. Yeah, sorry, that's I forgot. Yeah, no, he is hurt. That's my bad. Um, but regardless, the they are clearly not having him air the ball out with uh, wanton disregard for everyone's safety. And it is showing in the stats in both some good ways and some negative, but that is not my prediction. So not going well on this one. Corbin, what'd you got for the first one?
1: Uh, I had a opposite of yours. One that's looking really fucking good. Tom Brady finishes top three in passing yards, touchdowns and lead the Bucks to the best record in the NFC because why wouldn't he uh, currently third in passing yards first in passing touchdowns, and the Bucs have the third best record in the NFC. Um, getting close, getting close.
0: Uh, yeah, my next prediction looks significantly better, but still very unlikely. Uh, my next one is that Jimmy Garoppolo turns into a stud and then still gets better b- benched for Trey Lance. So Jimmy Garoppolo is looking the best Best he's looked outside of that 2019 campaign um, since he's been in San Francisco. Um, stud might be a bit strong of a word, but this is still the best he's looked. He's just under 2,000 yards in eight games, um, which means if he was, he'd be on pace to break 4,000 for a 16-game season, which would be the best of his career. Um, he has... Uh a 97.6 quarterback rating, which is which is really good for him. Uh he's facing a lot of sacks, but so far the percent of his sack percent is down and he's not losing nearly as many yards for it as um he has previously, which you might take to say he's not holding onto the ball as long, getting sacked comically far beyond the line of scrimmage. Um but whether he gets benched for Trey Lance can still be seen. I didn't put a game limit on that. Uh, so I'd say 50-50 on this one so far. What do you got for yours? Uh,
1: I had Davis Mills uh, starts more games for the Texans this season than Sean Watson. Uh, he has started a game for the Houston Texans this season, so he's actually started six, but whatever. he uh, He's going to blow this one out of the water. Um, not because he's really good, but because Boy, the Texans just don't have any other options uh, at all. Um, So I feel guilty accepting this one. Um, But here we are.
0: I feel you. Uh, My next one is that Minnesota becomes a basement dweller and Kirk Cousins gets benched. Um, And neither of these are true. Uh, So far, Minnesota... Oh, sorry, I had a sneeze. Uh, <laughs> so far Minnesota is uh 4 and 5 which is far from being a basement dweller. Um shocking that that losing record still puts them in second in the NFC North but still not a basement dweller. And Kirk Cousins is uh not having a great season, but he's not hasn't been actually Kirk Cousins having a pretty nice season. I lied. He's having actually a very nice season. Um so he's not he's not going to be bench anytime soon. He is not the 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 reason that they're struggling. So uh, yeah, no, this one is, uh, wrong and basically every front.
1: Uh, my third, the Texans lose every game that isn't started by Deshaun Watson. Uh, I made that prediction before week one when they won. So I amended it that the Texans will be cursed by Jacksonville after beating them week one. And we'll copy what they did that last season, winning week one and then losing 15 straight weeks. Um, they've done that so far. They are one and eight after starting one and zero. Um, so we'll see if they can close out the season poorly or strong, depending on who you're rooting for. And I'm rooting against them, so go to town.
0: Uh, my next pick, God, mine are awful this year. I feel like I had a good year last year and these are just so bad. Um, my next one is that Tampa Bay falls apart at the seams, starting with Tom Brady, as Corbin just said, his pick for Tom Brady's MVP campaign is looking sterling. Um, and Tampa Bay is far from falling apart at the seams. Uh, I've seen where that their offensive scheming has not been great. Outside of Brady being phenomenal, and they've had a couple of random issues with personnel on defense, but that's hardly falling apart of the seams, as Corbin said, they have the third best record in the NFC. So, yeah, not uh, actually. Also, Corbin, they have the fourth best record in the NFC. Suck my balls. Really? Green Bay's eight and two. Dallas is seven and two. Arizona's eight and two, and then the Rams are seven and three. To Tampa Bay, six and three. So once again, Mm. suck on my balls. Uh, And give me your next bold prediction.
1: Uh, My next bold prediction. Trevor Lawrence finishes the year as the worst rookie QB in yards per pass. Was it yards per pass? Passing yards per game. Uh, He is currently sitting at a passing yards per game. At 221.2, thank Christ. Uh, Mac Jones, for example, is uh, for comparison, at yards per game 233. So he's better than Mac or worse than Mac Jones. He is currently better than Trey Lance, but Trey Lance hasn't he actually has started a game. No, oh, I see, he had one start for 354. And then had a bunch of non starts. He had 192 in his start. So I guess he's worse. Um, all right. So I guess this one is currently wrong. We'll see how it plays out at the end of the year.
0: We do do our best to rationalize. And, but we do also admit defeat when we ultimately are wrong. Bad. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. Um, which is what I've been trying to do uh, for my next prediction, which is. Rationalize. Uh, it's not going great. My next one is that the Raiders make the playoffs on the back of a weirdly good season by Derek Carr. As it stands right now, the Raiders are just outside of the playoff picture. Uh, they are, they would not win. They don't have the tiebreaker over the Chargers, who they share a record with at five and four. They are a half game back of both the uh, Pittsburgh Steel. Actually, yeah, they're a half game back of the Steelers. Um, who are five, three, and one to the Raiders, five, and four, and they are one game. Actually, would they be a quarter of a game back on Pittsburgh? Because I think they're a half game back on New England at six and four. Regardless, they are in the mix. I have really not...
1: no idea how the ties play at the moment. So I, I don't know. I can't answer that.
0: I'm going to say they're a quarter of a game back because it sounds fun to say. Uh, so anyway, point being, they're outside the playoff picture looking in at the moment, but it's not outside the realm of possibilities that they get there. But it, they have not gotten there on the back of a Derek, good Derek Carr season. Um, he has not been bad. He's absolutely not been bad, but it's not a weirdly good no. season
1: for him. Uh, Surprisingly 2, good. I will say that.
0: So his rate stats look a lot better than his overall stats do in certain categories. For instance, this is the best yards per game of his career. Uh, But it's also the lowest quarterback rating and QBR that he's had since 2018. Um, It's the one of the better touchdown percent and uh, interception percent marks of his career. But he probably isn't going to reach the touchdown total he did last season. And he is about to hit the touchdown total he hit last season um, in probably his next game. He's got just under 3,000 yards sure. right now, so he'll, he'll, he might get close to four, but last season he finished with 4,100 yards, and it it doesn't seem like he's going to hit that number as of right now um, with, ah, I guess he could, eight games left. Hold on. Well, let's do some math. 314 times eight. So we get on pace for 4,300 yards, which would be phenomenal, but with everything else lacking and the interceptions already mounting up, um, I wouldn't peg him as the reason he's definitely been a good quarterback this season, but by Derek Carr's own standards, which I can't believe I'm saying um, it has not been a weirdly good season. So yeah, I, I don't want to give myself credit for this one. Really?
1: Uh, that's fair. What's your next um, one? Three teams from the NFC West make the playoffs. The 49ers go from worst to first with how fucking awful the nfc is this year uh, this is possible still uh the 49ers will not be going worst to first though the cardinals pretty much have that locked in um but the cardinals and rams are both in prime positions in the nfc um the 49ers are a couple games back uh, and the seahawks are are looking very very bad
0: which is great for me since the Jets have their first round pick. So love to see yeah. it. Love to see it. Uh, my next one is that the Cowboys go to a conference championship game. We will not know this until January. So, but on paper, this looks pretty good.
1: Uh, my next one, the Ravens finished the season third in the AFC North, missed the playoffs and are within two games of, 500 uh they are currently three games above 500 uh and are leading the division granted they are only one game ahead of every other team in the division um man this is six and three five three and one five and four five and five no like
0: no those are all just
1: it. so fucking different yeah, yeah nobody wants it um but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see how that plays out. There's still a chance that happens.
0: Uh, my next prediction is that the Rams finally look like the team they are on paper and win their division with ease. So the Rams still have a chance of winning their division. They are one game back of the Cardinals, but at this point it would be a struggle to say with ease because of how phenomenal the Cardinals have looked this season. Um and I was about to say, which who could have predicted, but the whole point of this was to have full predictions. So, um, but I will say they do basically what like they are on paper. Um, so I'll give myself half credit on this. They are performing exceedingly well. Um, their one game against San Francisco uh, excluded. So, but yeah, uh, half credit on this. They, they look very good, but Arizona's giving them trouble. Fair enough.
1: Uh, my next one, uh, Mark Ingram has more rushing yards this season than any singular Ravens running back. Um, I specifically had to word that as to not include Lamar Jackson um, because we all know Lamar Jackson is going to just dominate that. Uh, Mark Ingram has 411 rushing yards currently playing for the Saints. Can you name the top three players in rushing for the Baltimore Ravens this year?
0: Any uh, of them? no like genuinely no i have no idea uh
1: they have four players not including lamar jackson with more than 30 rushing attempts Le'Veon bell managed 83 yards on his 31 attempts he's on the team nice on, he actually just got cut he just got released like yesterday Um, Tyson Williams had 180 rushing yards on 33 carries. Latavius Murray had 59 carries for 212 yards and Devonta Freeman had 43 rushes for 223 yards. So no one's even close.
0: Remember when Devonta Freeman was amazing for uh, like two years?
1: That year he was on hard knocks,
0: man. He was the fucking
1: bomb. It
0: was good. It was a good time. Um, yeah. My next pick was the, this is the once a decade turn that the Bengals win their division. Uh, they are currently in third in that division. However, as Corwin just said, no, one's really out of this division. Like literally if this upcoming week, the Bengals win and Baltimore loses, they are tied for first in their division. Um. Like so an, ugly. anything could happen in this division. Everyone is in it in not an interesting and exciting way, but everyone is in it. So actually out of curiosity, who do those teams play next week? Is this week 11? This is week 11. Yes. Uh Yeah. So the Ravens play the bears. So you'd have to, I guess, if you were a betting man, you'd probably bet the Ravens. And then the Bengals play the Raiders, and that is a match I think I would avoid if I was betting. So, uh, yeah, the crapshoot actually extends to next week's win and loss as well. Who the fucking knows? Anyway, you're up.
1: Yeah. I keep closing this. I don't know why. Najee Harris outrushes Matt Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Ezekiel Elliott, and Alvin Kamara, finishing only behind Derrick Henry and Nick Chubb. Boy, I don't think that's true. Um, of course, I don't have it up, because why would I? But if I quickly try and find rushing yards, yards per rushing, rushing attempt, rushing yards. yards per he rushing? is six with 646 yards, two yards behind Dalvin Cook. Uh, 17 yards behind Ezekiel Elliott and a lot more behind Nick Chubb, Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor tied atop the the league with 937. So he's got some work to do to catch up to Taylor. um, But uh, the rest of those guys, Cook and Elliott are definitely within striking distance. I think, uh, I think he can get there. Hey, if I get this right, except for losing out to Jonathan Taylor, I can accept it as a moral victory.
0: Uh sure. I'll, I I will give you your precious moral victory. Um oh man my my next one is so fucking bad. I am not sure you're ready for how I'm not sure you're I ready, for how, sure you're ready for how bad this is. It dude it's I really I fucking
1: love this. It's
0: really bad.
1: I want it. Give it to me.
0: The Texans have a massive bounce back season even though it seems like nothing much has changed. This was a bold prediction. Um, And and let's dig into the numbers a little bit. So last year's team offense, the Houston Texans, by yards, had the 13th most yards in the NFL. Would you like to guess where they rank in terms of yards as a team offense this season? Where? 32nd. Uh, They have the worst yards uh, production in the NFL, they have 2,521 yards. That is the worst in the NFL. They would yes. need to get 3,500 more yards in the next eight games, doubling their per current production, more than doubling of their current production, in order to finish on pace with where they were last year, let alone a large increase as I had predict, predict, predicted. Um, yeah. Yeah it is bad their yards per play is down a full 1.6 yards per play which is just unfucking believable um i'm trying to see what other re- rate stats we have here their net yards per pass attempt this season 5.7 last season 7.6 uh their yards per attempt for rushing 3.3 this season 4.3 last year uh and so far They have 65 penalties for 552 yards. Last season, they took 80 penalties for 619 yards. So they're blowing through that too. It is horrendous. But Josh, what about their defense? What about their defense? Um, Their defense is actually remarkably better, but I think it's only because their offense is so fucking bad. Um, So last season, the Texans had the third texans defense are the third most yards allowed of anybody in the nfl um this season they have the eighth fewest most eighth most yards allowed so they they've allowed 3400 yards so far this season 6600 yards last season and again all the rate stats look much better this year um they're allowing six yards per play last year it was 6.2 they're allowing 7.2 net yards per pass attempt, 7.1 last season. So that actually went up. Uh, But the rushing defense is better, or teams just aren't rushing as much, uh, 4.5 rushing yards per attempt last season, 5.2. They've taken 678 penalty yards last season, 362 so far this season. So they're on pace to basically do that again, if maybe a little bit better. Um, But, yeah, this prediction's bad. This season's really bad. It's not getting better.
1: That's not good. (laughs) No, that's not good. Uh, my next one, uh, the Cowboys flip their record from 2020, uh, which was six and 10, win their division and make the playoffs. Mike McCarthy doesn't win coach of the year because everyone knows it's not because of McCarthy. I mean, the Cowboys are kind of on pace. I mean, they're seven and two right now, so they have eight games left. In order to get to six losses, they just need to lose four of the eight. So if they go five hundred, they'll at least flip their record, which they can definitely do. They're definitely in the you know on pace to win that division because I don't I don't think the Eagles at four and six are giving them a run for the money. Um, and God, I don't think anyone's talking about Mike McCarthy as the reason why they're performing so well. So.
0: That was looking pretty good. Yeah, yeah, we got it. You're better at this than me. We got it this season, you little bitch. Um, I
1: am, in fact. All right, bitch. my
0: last one is that Jared Goff becomes Matt Stafford by only collecting any meaningful stats in blowout losses in the fourth quarter. Obviously, for a full post mortem on this, I'll probably have to do this broken out a little bit more by where his scoring and yards took place, which wouldn't, I think, be overly difficult. I just have to actually care enough to go find it. Um, but so far, the season for him is uh, Jared Goff season. Like, I don't know how yeah. would we want to judge this, and I maybe it's something we should really should have picked when I picked this as a uh, bold prediction. Which is does he turn to Matthew Stafford in that he throws for like four thousand yards, or does he turn to Matthew Stafford in that he just gets all all the yards he gets he gets in like the fourth quarter, um,
1: or he turns into Matthew Stafford and just can no longer win games.
0: It's accurate. In which case he's killing it. Um, he's doing really
1: well.
0: Yeah, in that respect he he's he's on it. Uh, ooh, actually the splits for Pro Football Reference is fascinating. Really. And I do have it by quarter. So really? in the fourth, oh my God. All right. I'm, I'm pretty on point then. If we go by where his stats are being accumulated so far, it looks like the fourth quarter is where it's at. Um, his passing yards in the first quarter, 359 second quarter, 424 third quarter, 426 fourth quarter, 840. That is wow. double the next highest quarter. His touchdowns, he has exactly two touchdowns per quarter and one interception per quarter for one through three. So, in the first quarter, two touchdowns, one interception. Second quarter, two touchdowns, one interception. Third quarter, two touchdowns, one interception. Fourth quarter, two touchdowns, three interceptions. So, he is obviously forcing the ball a lot more in the fourth quarter and being met with uh, an increased turnover rate. But, I mean, fucking, oh, well, they're probably losing all those games anyway. But also just like the efficiency is weirdly better. Like his yards per attempt is 10.8 uh, as compared to uh, like 1.5 for the fucking uh, first quarter. I mean, it's just, wow. yeah.
1: I mean, I know Jared Goff went off in overtime after throwing for like 58 yards or something stupid for uh, against the Steelers. But damn, I didn't realize it was that drastic of a difference.
0: Every yeah. other week. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's wild.
1: Huh. Yeah, you, you can know. even, you,
0: dude, you can do this by down and yards to go. You can do this by just down by just yards to go. It's fucking wild.
1: Aren't stats
0: just fun? I love stats. So J- Jared Goff with ten or more yards to go has the most yards. Um, passing yards in that category, 1257, which I guess makes sense because you're probably going to be running more passing plays from that distance and also if you're including 10 yards, that means you're including first downs, second and tens with passing like you know there's you run into 10 yards to go quite a lot. Um, so most like most of his passing yards comes on first and 10. He has 800 passing yards on first and 10 and then he doesn't eclipse 300 passing yards anywhere else. Wow. Yo, first down and less than 10 yards, he has four passing yards. <laughs> so you go, all right, all right, it's first and five. There was a penalty in there, whatever. What about first and more than 10? First and more than 10, he has 46 passing yards. That's awful. That is awful. 46 yards?
1: That's so bad. That's like, that's embarrassing. Like, that's something where, like, you go to work every day and you suck. Give
0: me another quarterback. Like, like Any quarterback.
1: Uh, Derek Carr.
0: All right. Keep talking.
1: Keep talking? You go to work and you suck. Oh, yeah. You go to work and you suck. And you know when you go to work, you are just letting everyone you work with, you work for, to is a fan of the company that you work for, you're letting them down. That's got to be a tough, tough way to wake up in the morning.
0: So Derek Carr also doesn't have a lot of yards in that, that, uh, in that split, he does have more uh, 68 yards to Jared Goff's 46, but it, it largely falls in line here in, in including the, uh, what it looks like to be the percentages. So most of Derek Carr's yards are also on first and ten. 974 passing yards, nothing else gets over. He has one other instance in which he's over 400 yards, one other in which he's over 300 yards. Uh, he has over 400 yards, 415 on second and 10, and then he has over 300 yards with 346 on third and 10. Everything outside of that's below 300. And it's really interesting to see that 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 spread. Obviously, he has the far most passing attempts on first and 10. Um mm-hmm. And second and ten, yeah, this is the second highest. But yeah, I don't know. I would have figured. I guess there's a lot less aggressive play calling on on the later downs.
1: I guess so. I don't know. I don't know. I just don't fucking know.
0: I wanna, I wanna figure something out to do with this because that's very fascinating. Sure. I'm intrigued. I'm very intrigued.
1: Josh, intrigued.
0: Derek Carr has six passing yards on fourth down. That's it. Six? Six.
1: How many attempts? One? Seven. Oh, okay. mean, all, right. all right. I really don't know how to feel like that's such a small sample size. That really doesn't mean all that much. Who means anything? Uh, I
0: don't need anything. interestingly enough, the splits don't include less than four yards. So it's either actually, the more I'm looking at, the more bizarre this this looks. Uh, so like second down, right? I have second and ten or more, second and seven to nine yards, second and four to six yards, but not second and one to three or second and less than four. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. weird. It's weird we're missing there's missing yards here Corwin what does what it all does mean the,
1: the numbers Mason what do they mean
0: anyway uh, do you have any more bold predictions do I have any more bold predictions
1: Uh, I have one more shout it out the Dallas Cowboys will make the conference championship for the first time since their 1995 Super Bowl win we will see how that one plays out
0: so we both had that essential yeah, which I'm sure we squawked about when it first happened, but yeah, yeah. Um, uh, we're
1: both good at this. What can I say?
0: You know what's funny is it hasn't even really been that long. We probably did this three months ago. That's not oh, that long. Yeah,
1: very recent. Yeah, to how we usually do this.
0: Yeah. All right. Well. That's uh, that's pretty much it. Again, there's there's more stuff going on uh, with with MLB. There's there's others. You know, there's always more shit going on than we get to in in our mere hour, hour and a half. But you'll have to stay tuned for more episodes to find out. Ho 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 ho. Um, Cy Young Awards are being announced as we're recording this, and it's taking every ounce of my being not to share who won and to talk about it because we're going to save that <laughs> for Sunday's episode. In addition, so we can do our full posts season bull predictions recap. So that'll be on Monday's episode. We'll be recording it on Sunday. And uh, that's it for the week. So if you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at juicing five. We don't post from there very frequently. So if you'd like to follow Corbin on Twitter, you can do so at Corbin Heller. And if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you can do so at Joshua D. Tracy. Uh, if you'd like to send emails to the show, you can do so at juicing the numbers at gmail.com. And until Monday, Y'all have a good one. Good luck.